gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! And a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King on Thanksgiving week as we go against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards. And with that, Thanksgiving holiday set in the world of college and pro football. As I mentioned here, it's also rivalry week in the world of college football. Victor and I are going to hit on that. Victor, I want to welcome you into the show and wish you and your family as well a very happy Thanksgiving this weekend. Thank you very much, Mark. Right back at you. Congratulations on your five-star Game of the Month winner on Saturday, outright Texas A&M. A very nice win there. And, of course, if it's uh, Turkey Day weekend, we've got football, we've got food, one of our favorite weekends of the entire season. And let's not forget, we've got college hoops going on and NBA as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now in the world of sports, uh, especially if you love what we do. That's going against the spread with the NBA college basketball now uh, full steam ahead. College football into its final week of the regular season for all intents and purposes in the National Football League getting closer and closer towards its stretch run. So there's a lot to talk about, especially going up against the spread in this week's card. And as I mentioned, Victor, while it was Cupcake Saturday, last Saturday in college football, and uh, it is rivalry week this week, I got to say this. I've never seen in a college football Saturday in the month of November so many uninteresting college football games in my life. I was spinning the dial all afternoon and all evening as I was getting the weekend football news that are prepared for the weekend here. There wasn't one football game in college football that caught my interest. Not one marquee matchup. In fact, even the night games on ESPN were boring as all get out. And I don't know if that's attributable to the fact that uh, some of these major conferences schedule these FCS games and they take some of the uh, the luster off of that uh, or is just the way that the cards fell. But uh, it was indeed what I call Cupcake Saturday last Saturday. But we've got a good-looking college football card this week headlined by a true rivalry week. And as you and I talked about, Victor, before we began the show, there are a lot of relevant games as far as the rivalry games go this particular weekend. Uh, you got the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, Washington State, Washington. Even Notre Dame, Stanford is becoming a rivalry as well. And uh, what's nice about that with the college football playoffs being what they are, almost every one of these games has some sort of an impact in the upcoming college football rankings, which will be just two weeks away from divulging the final four uh, games on tap this, uh, what will be coming up at the college football bowl games. But your take, Victor, overall, and what we're going to see this week in the work of rivalry football in college football. First, my final comment, it's time we got rid of the late season FBS versus FCS games. I know you commented about it, about the basic bye weeks that some of the teams had playing the Mercers and the Citadels of the world. It's bad enough doing it in the first month of the season, but uh, it's a travesty to have the top 10 teams in the country playing these games in the key time of November. And uh, I'm sure you echo those sentiments. In regards to rivalry week, week there are some big, big games this week. We're going to talk about a big one in, for our college football game of the week. But, of course, we've got a, in terms of relevance, there's a hot one down south with Alabama taking on Auburn. Of course, for Auburn, they have to win to potentially still get into the four-team playoff. The weird thing is, is that Alabama can potentially still lose this game and still make it in the final four. Of course, we've got the big one uh, up in the Midwest, Ohio State against Michigan. Of course, we've got bragging rights, and we've got a Michigan revenge from a tough loss last year. Another interesting game is, uh, particularly since they've now appeared in the top 25 rankings, the Gamecocks of South Carolina taken on Clemson. A little bit more luster in this game than in previous years. Of course, you got Georgia, you got Georgia Tech taking on each other, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Egg Bowl on Thursday, two schools that, of course, absolutely hate each other. 
you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, that's got a little bit more relevance these days with Wisconsin looking to extend their perfect record, their undefeated season. North Carolina, North Carolina State, another game that uh, doesn't have the many-year rivalry, but it's uh, very, very hot this week. It's got to be down here in Florida with South Florida and Central Florida taking on each other. Beyond the bragging rights, of course, you got the fact that the championship of the AAC East for starters, plus a potential New Year's Six Bowl bid for the winner, and it should be a fantastic game with uh, Mackenzie Milton of UCF against USF quarterback Quinton Flowers. Two quarterbacks that have combined for 57 total touchdowns this season mm. and more than 6,000 total yards. So this one jumps to the top, in my opinion, in terms of big rivalry games this weekend. It does, Victor. It's a group of five game, if you will. But uh, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, the winner of this will most likely be playing New Year's Day in the New Year's Day Six Bowl games. Uh, it's going to be one heck of a football game, undefeated Central Florida taking on one loss South Florida with the winner going on to winning uh, the conference championship as well. So a lot to like about the college football card this week. It's as deep, uh, at least if not from a rivalry aspect, just uh, the pairings from what they mean this week. And uh, a big, big game uh, from where we're from, Victor, up in Ohio between the Buckeyes and uh, the Michigan Wolverines, as you mentioned, Michigan lost that really tough game last year. And while this Michigan offense appears to be a little bit inept this year, it's still the team up north against the team from Columbus in that football game. And it's going to be one heck of a football game. And just one interesting sidebar note here. I was reading about uh, the Buckeyes being a two-loss football team barging into becoming the first ever possibly two-loss team to make the college football playoffs this year. And it's a very, very distinct possibility. I know they rank number nine right now currently in the college football playoff rankings, pairings, but the fact of the matter is if you look at what the Buckeyes have moving forward here, if they can win out, control their destiny, at least winning the last two football games, Michigan this week and Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, that will mean that at least four of the teams that are ranked ahead of them will all have incurred at least one loss, possibly even more. And if, it's, if that even more figures into the equation, it could well be the Ohio State Buckeyes, the number four ranked team, and all of a sudden, what do we have? We have the Buckeyes back in the college football playoffs. And you know, Victor, as well as I know, that right now, if the games were played this week in college football uh, in, the, in the rank in the playoffs, the Buckeyes would be rated number two by the odds makers in Las Vegas. Uh, they'd be favored over everybody other than Alabama. Uh, that's, you know, so you're talking a two loss Ohio State team that would be deserving, at least in the odds makers point of view of making into the college football playoffs. So it's going to be one heck of a college football rivalry week. We'll keep an eye on that this particular weekend with this good-looking college football card. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things where things are warming up right now as we speak. Uh, there's a little bit of controversy that's going on in the National Football League with the Buffalo Bills, a team who was in the playoff picture until they decided to sit starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor in favor of rookie Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh, who I believe was a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Right. Uh, what, a, what a mistake that ended up being. Probably the biggest foo-paw in the history of one-game mistakes in the National Football League. The kid threw five interceptions before the half, and uh, they're going back to – Tyrod Taylor again this week. Buffalo has fallen out of what would be, if the playoffs began this week, the playoff picture. Uh, the games played this week, this is our current playoff picture update. In the AFC side of things, it would be number one, Pittsburgh, number two, New England, number three, Jacksonville, number four, Kansas City, five, Tennessee, and six, Baltimore, with Buffalo on the outside looking in. And over on the NFC side of things, it would be number one, Philadelphia, number two, Minnesota, number three, New Orleans, number four, the upstart L.A. Rams, who we'll talk about a bit later on in the show, number five, Carolina, and number six, Atlanta, with Detroit and Seattle being edged out right now in the playoff picture in the National Football League. So all in all, Victor, this National Football League playoff picture is beginning to take some form. It certainly is a little bit top-heavy in the AFC, if you ask me. With all due respect to the Eagles, I still think the top two teams in the NFL are the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
based on some fantastic defensive numbers. With that said, however, there's been better balance in the NFC. I think in the non-conference games, I was looking at a stat that said the NFC conference has actually gone 24-13 and 13 against the AFC this season. you got a lot of bottom feeders in the AFC conference that have resulted in those particular numbers. Either way, we know the top three teams are New England, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia, at least from a statistical standpoint. But uh, in terms of what has happened lately in the NFL, we know it's been very, very chalky. If you don't like the chalk taste in your mouth, you've probably gone down with some of the underdogs. On the season now, Mark, we've got NFL favorites. at They've finally gotten over 500 for the entire season at 78, 74, and 7 ATS. However, since week six, the last five weeks have been all about the favorites in the NFL. They did it again last week. If you are a point layer, you've been very, very happy in the last five weeks of play. 41, 20, and 6 ATS, 67% for favorites over a long five-week period. They went to, what, 9, 4, and 1 ATS last week. Your best situation for these favorites, not necessarily in division play, where division favorites have gone only 10, 6, and 3 in the season, but in non-division play, they've been cleaning it up. 31, 14, and 3 non-division favorites in the NFL over the last five weeks. Yeah, it's been a chalk eater's paradise in the National Football League of late. There is no question about that. And uh, it's really, really rocked the Superbook contest, the Westgate Superbook contest in Las Vegas as we visit with Andy Isco each week and he gets us the updates. The numbers just keep getting worse and worse for the contestants in the contest, at least from an overall consensus standpoint. And a lot of that is attributable to the performance of favorites and how they've done here of late. Uh, the dog lovers have really been taking it on the chops in the National Football League the last six weeks. So uh, I have this feeling, though, Victor, just between you and I and uh, got winding things out here, that uh, the month of December is going to be not so favorable to the favorites moving forward here. I think we're going to see some dogs making a little bit of a move to even things out in the National Football League side of things. And talking about ugliness in the NFL, uh, talk about our – NFL chip play of the week, the chip on the shoulder. This is from our good friend Steve Crabb for the Texas Tornado in Dallas, Texas, who nominates a team every week. The NFL team with the largest chip on their shoulder this week. He nominates the Dallas Cowboys, who will be playing at home as they always are on Thanksgiving Thursday against the L.A. Chargers. And so ugly have the Dallas Cowboys been. They've been installed now as home dogs to the Los Angeles Chargers. A month ago, this game would have found the Cowboys probably seven-point favorites in this football game, but now they're a home dog in the game for a myriad of different reasons. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott not in the lineup here. The Cowboys play of late on the field, and the L.A. Chargers having uh, woken here a little bit of late as well. But uh, he nominates Dallas. I have to concur as the NFL chip on their shoulder play of the week in the NFL Thanksgiving Thursday. And speaking about Thanksgiving Thursday, once again, I want to re listen, remind our listeners out there to please enjoy the happy holidays on Thanksgiving Thursday. It's all about family. It's all about friends. And it's all about getting together and enjoying the festivities. We happen to sprinkle on a little bit of football, a little dash of basketball, and it makes it for a real, real nice day if you're a sports-loving fan like all of our listeners and everybody here at the show is associated with. So once again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. We got a beauty on tap, another rivalry football matchup. We'll tear that down in a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. 
have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new Coffee Club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow Coffee Club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the Coffee Club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King on Thanksgiving week as we go over the college and pro football cards. And it's time once again for our weekly college football game of the week, a big rivalry game taking place in the Pac-12 conference when Washington State invades Washington in a rematch of the Apple Cup where it's been the Washington Huskies that have dominated the series of late, winning the last four games in the series all by double-digit margins. Victor, you're taking the Cougars and the Huskies in the Apple Cup on Saturday. Well, what's online, of course, beside the bragging rights of the Apple Cup is the Pac-12 North title. The Cougars can take it with a victory. Stanford will get it if the Huskies win in this game. Washington is favored by 10 over underline open at 50 it's come down to two points around 48 based on the spread and the over underlying the predicted final score 29 to 19. Now, this is the lowest over underline in this series in about 10 years. The last time it was this low was back in 2008 when the over underline was 46 and a half points. A series in which the under has actually hit six out of the last nine meetings, including one and three over under. The last four play at Husky Stadium. Reason why the line is this low? Well, this is something quite refreshing. Both teams are actually against the grain, Pac-12 teams, against the grain, in that they play defense. When was the last time we saw two Pac-12 teams ranked in the top 12 overall in all college football in defense? Here you got it. Washington, number four defense, allowing only 271 yards per game. And, of course, Washington State ranked number 12 at 303.8 yards per game. Uh, Simply amazing. Washington Huskies are a team that has improved on defense in each of the last four seasons. From 411 yards per game allowed in 2014 to 352 to 317 to this year's number of only 271. And the Cougars can actually do them one better. The Cougars have improved on defense in each of the last five seasons. From 458 yards per game allowed back in 2013 to 442 to 417 to 406 last year to this year's great number of 304. They've improved on defense by over 100 yards per game this season. Reason number two, the overall underline is this low, is both teams are down on offense this year. Number 120. 21 scoring offense, that's Washington versus number 37 scoring offense in Washington State. With that being said, the Huskies are averaging a touchdown less per game this year than they did last year. And the Cougars are allowing five points per game, excuse me, scoring five points per game less than last year. So both teams down slightly on offense, significantly better on defense. That kind of explains why the over-under line in this game is as low as it is at 48. Now, of course, with the game being played up in the Pacific Northwest, there's always the possibility of rain. We've looked at the long-range forecast, and yeah, there's rain in the Saturday forecast, that is for sure. In regards to the over-under in this particular game, I think the lines makers are right on. I got the game finishing somewhere in the 48 to 52 range. If it falls below 47, then I may make a play at the over. But right now, I think the line is a little bit on the low side. No value unless it goes down a couple of points more. So right now, we're going to pass. We're going to track the line movement as we get closer to the weekend. But what I do like is a very competitive game here. A game that will finish inside the points right of 10 points. I think if you like a little underdog action in this game, the Cougars are the way to go, Mark. Victor says a short line means no value. He'll pass the over-under total in the Apple Cup Washington State-Washington football matchup. Looking for value in the football game. Doesn't see any at the moment, but we'll keep an eye on that total and see exactly where it does go. 
as we mentioned here, this game is for all the marbles for Washington State. If they win this football game, they will be indeed in the Pac-12 title game. Quarterback Luke Falk, a quarterback that I really like, and I think we're going to see this kid in the Sundays in the National Football League. Uh, he has a chance this year to finish for the third straight year in his college football career at Washington State with 4,000 passing yards, three successive seasons in a row. He's really, really close to doing just that. Uh, he's a quarterback that can take over a game and win a game. Uh, for the Washington State Cougars. Head coach Mike Leach comes into this game here with a great conference record in revenge games uh, with Washington State. He's been in 28 of them. He's won the money 18 times, going 6-2 and two to the spread against 800 or better avenging opponents or opponents that he has revenge against here. So a nice role for Mike Leach in this particular spot against Washington, as you mentioned here. Four years in a row, the Cougars have taken it on the chops in this series. They've lost by double-digit margins all four years. So at some point, enough becomes enough, I think, if you're a Washington Cougar football uh, player. Also, take a look at Washington State. Really nice role that they fit into. They're 9-2 and two to the spread. Give them more than eight points on the conference road, so they've done really rather well that way. Statistically, in this football game, out of our midweek alert newsletter, which I love tearing apart this time of the year, we note that the Washington State Cougars have held five opponents to season low yards marks this this year defensively. This football team is all about offense, but their real strength is their defense. And five season low marks attest just to that. On the flip side, the Washington Huskies also bring a staunch defense in this football game. They've held seven opponents to either season-low or second-low yardage marks this year. So you got two really top-notch defenses locking horns in this football game. And you're also talking about a Washington football team here that is just 3-9 and nine to the spread as home favorites of nine or more points in their last home game of the season. Last home games have not treated the Huskies well at all. The bottom line to me in this game, as we mentioned here, Washington State wins and they're in the Pac-12 title game. Washington wins. They're not in anywhere. Stanford goes instead. So this is a big, big, huge game for Washington State as the dog. If they don't win this football game, I believe they can at least take down the money. I'll play Washington State plus the points with quadruple revenge against Washington for my side in the Apple Cup football game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got that. And we're also going out to Las Vegas to check in with Andy Isco to get the update on the Westgate Superbook Contest and to find out what's going on in Vegas this Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be back with more and a whole lot to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today the only football newsletter in america devoted exclusively to nfl over under totals the totals tip sheet is a must read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from victor king the nfl totals guru at playbook.com the totals tip sheet has got you totally covered this football season it's the best reference source of its kind in the nation get your totals tip sheet today at playbook.com and enjoy the winners. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving once again to you and yours. Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King. We're going against the spread in this week's College of Pro Football Cards. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week. And we've got a beauty, a possible playoff preview on tap in the NFC when the New Orleans Saints invade Los Angeles to take on the Rams Victor, your take on the Saints and the Rams this Sunday. Who would have thought on Thanksgiving weekend we'd be talking playoff preview with the Saints and the Rams. You know, if you bet either of these teams over the total for their season-long win total, you have already cashed a winner. 
Amazing. Up is down in the NFC conference. It, it certainly is amazing. Rams at home are favored by two and a half to three points. The over-under line is hovering somewhere in the range of 53 to 53 and a half points. Both teams come in with identical six and four over-under records on the season for the Saints. Their average line, 49.7, and average score, 49.8. They've been basically right on the number. For the Rams, a little bit better. Their average line has been 44.8, and their average score has been 48.9. So the average Ram game has gone over the total by about four points per game this season. It's been a pretty high-scoring series, 4-2 and two over under in the last six meetings with the average game going over the total by plus 6.8. It's been a up-and-down season in terms of over-unders. The Saints started the year going over in each of their first three games. Then they went on a 1-4 and over-under run in games 4 through 8. They have come back with overs in each of their last two games against Buffalo and against Washington last week with an average of 61.0 points per game. For the Rams, similar numbers. They went over the total in each of their first four games, but they have gone two and four over under in their last six games. We've got the numbers here courtesy of this week's totals tip sheet. The Saints have been a great uh, home team. Their average New Orleans score at home this season has been 55.6. But in their road games, the Saints and opponents are combining for only 42.0 points per game on the road. For the Rams, it's kind of been the complete opposite. L.A. home games have averaged only 41.9 on the season, but L.A. road games have averaged 53.5. One thing that's also very surprising to see is the fact that both teams have improved dramatically on defense. For the Saints, the number eight scoring defense on the season, they allow less than 20 points per game. It's an improvement of minus 8.4 compared to last year's version. And for the Rams, the number six scoring defense on the season, allowing only 18.6 points per game, they have improved by 6.4 points on defense, again, compared to last season. Two numbers I ran out of the database. I always run a query for NFL games with high over-under lines, and This one certainly qualifies. In the last six years, NFL non-division games in which the home team is favored, like L.A. is, and the over-under line is 52 or more points, they've gone over at a pretty solid percentage, 24 overs, 8 unders in the last six years, which would indicate that the line in this game is certainly justified. However, this season they've only gone 3-2 and in this particular season, Also, I queried the fact that the Saints uh, have scored a lot of points here as of late. They've scored over 30 points in each of their last three games. NFL Road Underdogs, who scored 30 or more in each of their last three games, have actually gone 2-10 and to the under in the last five seasons. Now, we know that the square bettors will probably be on the over in this particular game. And if this game was played in the Big Easy, I myself would have already bet the over myself, but it's not. And those numbers are skewed. As I mentioned, St. Road games are only averaging 42.0 points this year. Ram home games, 41.9. So with that said, we're going under in this game, Mark. I think the line's about four to five points too high. I like the value in the under. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than people think. So for that reason, we're going under with the Saints-Rams game. Victor likes the defenses in both of these teams. That's the reason they're both playoff contending teams. Their defenses have elevated in this status. He's going to go under the total, see his good value in that in this matchup between the Rams and the Saints on Sunday. New Orleans comes in here riding a red-hot eight-game win streak in this football contest here, led by quarterback Drew Brees, who has been absolutely spectacular in his career as a dog in the NFL. We open this up in our NFL database, our quarterback database. Drew Brees is an underdog in his career, 55, 36 and four against the spread, taking points, including 22 and nine against 700 or better quality opponents. 
the bigger the opponent, the better the performance by Drew Brees in games like this. New Orleans also happens to bring the better offense and the better defense into this contest here statistically from our midweek alert. The upstart L.A. Rams. This is a, what we would call a step-up game, if you will, for the Rams. Uh, this young football team has really proven their mettle. They've really, really gone toe-to-toe and tip of the hat to Sean McVay and the great job they've done this season. But this is a step-up game. This proves their worth. Whether or not they're legitimate, do they belong here at this particular level? We're going to find this out because I take a look in the database here. The one thing that jumps out to me, when the Rams have been home favored against 500 or better teams, they're just 1-11 against the spread the last 12 times doing that. They've only won three games straight up. They lost nine of the 12 games straight up as home favorites against 500 or better teams. So this is indeed a step-up game for the L.A. Rams in this contest here. I kind of don't like the way they're coming into this game here as well. They led Houston only 9-7 to at the half two weeks ago before they pulled away and won comfortably in the second half of that football game. Then they followed it up with a really terrible performance against Minnesota when they only scored 7 points in a 17-point loss last week. Bottom line to me in this football game here, this is a classic matchup of a Hall of Fame quarterback who's an underdog against a quarterback that's learning the ropes that hasn't quite been there yet. He's still learning the ropes in the National Football League. I'll play New Orleans Drew Brees plus, Drew Brees plus the points for my side in this big football game on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments as we join in with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. In Las Vegas, Andy, happy Thanksgiving weekend to you and yours, first of all. I'm going to wish you that and welcome you to the show once again. I hope you're ready for that big bird on Thursday. I've been preparing for it all week, having four meals just to get my uh, innards prepared. I want to wish you, Victor, all the listeners, of course, a very happy Thanksgiving as well. And hopefully uh, all the turkeys this weekend will be on our plates and not on the field in our bidding tickets. Let's hope so. We know exactly what you're talking about, Andy. Here comes the turkey day. It's sometimes turkey in more ways than one uh, from a betting perspective as opposed to what we're enjoying on the table here as well. But all in all, it's going to be an attractive car. We've got three big NFL football games on tap, as we usually do, a triple header of games in the NFL and a big Egg Bowl matchup between Mississippi and Mississippi State, along with some basketball sprinkled in as well. So there'll be plenty to do on Thanksgiving Day in and around the Turkey Day Thanksgiving table as well. And Andy, I also want to pass along to our listeners here. Once again, I did receive your football newsletter. Andy publishes TheLogicalApproach.com newsletter. It's a terrific newsletter, a great read. And I encourage your listeners to find it online at TheLogicalApproach.com. Get your hands on a copy in time for all the football games this weekend. And I noticed, Andy, in the newsletter this week, and again, I'll share this with Victor here, it's part two of your review of the National Football League NFL over-under totals adjustments. And uh, you pointed out the fact here that the lines makers have been slower catching up in scoring patterns the last three years, uh, over especially the last three years. If you would maybe elaborate just a little bit on that, and Victor, if you want to jump in on that as well, about the scoring patterns in the NFL over the last three years. Sure, Mark. Uh, This is something I've been tracking for many, many years. My uh, database goes back into the 1980s. And uh, what I've done is take a look at uh, the fact that it seems that there are more opportunities historically to succeed in playing totals because the lines maker is limited to a certain range. And that range has changed over the years. If you go back to, uh, for example, 1982 to 1993, that's a cutoff point because the two-point conversion came in in 1994. Uh, the range was 35.5 to uh, 45.5 as far as 80% of all totals falling within that range. When I say all totals, the lines I'm talking about. Now, you go to like the last three years, that range has increased so that 80% of all total lines are between 41.5 and 50.5. And And in taking a look at the number or percentage of games that fall within that 80% range, we find that uh, in general, historically, about two-thirds of all games produce fewer points than the bottom end of the range or more points than the upper end of the range uh, because football scoring is unlimited at the top end and uh, defensive battles where you see 13, 10, 17, 13 type games of which there are many more than people would generally acknowledge uh, tend to be uh, uh, creating opportunities for 
under players if they like to find matchups that suggest defenses will dominate at the other extreme that I mentioned before over players uh, normally uh, if you find the kind of matchup with say two prolific offenses and two uh, suspect or below average defenses the over under total cannot be set high enough to compensate for the percentage of games that end up being higher scoring than expected so it's something that's changed over the years and basically the bottom line is uh, you may want to start to take more of a look at playing totals rather than sides in the NFL because there's a wider variance in the number of games that fall outside your traditional range of totals than there are that fall outside the range of traditional lines for point spreads. Victor, your comment on this, I know you would believe the same thing, Andy, that there's a lot more value in totals than there are sides in the NFL these days And uh, as far as Andy's overview on these line adjustments over the past three years. This is required reading if you're doing any sort of totals wagering whatsoever. Andy's part two of NFL over-under is a totally different perspective in his current issue number 13 of the Logical Approach. Of course, as Mark mentioned, available at thelogicalapproach.com or at playbooksuperstore.com. Very insightful in the fact that 80% of all lines in the last three years have fallen in that 41.5 to 50.5 range. With that said... First off, let me throw Andy a comment, and then let me throw my question in while I'm at it. With that said, last week in the NFL, the 14 games that were played, none of them, zero games finished in that range of 42 to 50 points. Seven games had 51 or more points. The other seven games in the NFL had 41 or less points. It was a true Feast or famine week for the second week in a row for the NFL. No games finished in that meaty portion of the curve. Half of them were 51 or more. Half of them were 41 or less points. Simply amazing. Let me also throw out a question while I got Andy on the line. Andy, they're starting to, we're starting to see a prime time over-under pattern. I think it's resulted in... Some bad results for the books in addition, of course, and I'm sure Mark will talk about this, the fact that the favorites hit for the fifth week in a row in the NFL, but the fact that the primetime games this season have gone over at a pretty high percentage, now 22-12 and 12 over under. Thursday games have gone 8-3 and three to the over, averaging 50.4. Monday games with the Seahawks Atlanta going over have now gone 9-3 over under on the season, Averaging 50.0 points per games. It's the Sunday night game that has fallen in the middle there, going five and six over under. I'm assuming that these primetime games going over the total, in addition to the favorites hitting, not good for the books, Andy. Yeah, that's generally true. And I think what happens when we get the kind of result that we're seeing this year is that the uh, schedule makers did a pretty good job of identifying the primetime games. We all know that the NFL has either implicitly and certainly behind the scenes endorsed fantasy football. Fantasy football relies on a lot of offense taking place. And so what the NFL has been fortunate in this year is in scheduling teams that they expected to be able to put a lot of points on the board. Those uh, teams have effect- have effectively and essentially come through by putting a lot of points on the board. Sometimes the teams that we think are going to be offensively strong turn out not to be so. That's not been the case this year. On the other hand, the teams that we thought that might be somewhat sluggish offensively have suddenly become stronger offensively than anticipated. All of that leads to, uh, in theory anyway, higher network ratings, more people tune in for offense, more people are focusing on those isolated games. And then when you combine that with the fact of favorites doing as well as they have the favorite and over parlay uh, comes in very strongly yet at the same time it's not as disastrous as it might appear because the wise guys who tend to be underdog players will wait for those lines on favorites to go up as high as they do on the uh, primetime games come back and at least mitigate some of the damage that the books suffer by playing the unders uh, excuse me by playing the underdog at lines that might be a point to a point and a half higher than they were when the Sunday morning games kicked off great conversation on NFL over under totals with Andy Isco from the logical approach Dot com in Las Vegas and Victor King from King Creel Sports here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Andy, with that being said, let's take it over to the Westgate Superbook Contest now. And uh, as Victor and I talked about to open up the show here, another big week it was for favorites in the National Football League. And I'm sure it affected the results dramatically once again in the Superbook Contest. 
What did you find last week as far as the consensus was concerned? Well, the consensus did very well last week. Uh, four and one overall, the top selection in the contest were the Philadelphia Eagles. They were minus three and a half, which was the line when uh, the the betting line when the contest lines came out last Wednesday. Of course, that game went up as high as six and six and a half. And after a struggle in the first half, the Eagles broke it open. And that had over 1,300 contestants on that side of the contest. That was a winner. The number two selection, the late Sunday game in Mexico City between the Patriots and the Raiders. The Patriots also drew nearly 1,100 selections on their side, and they won rather easily. The two other winners amongst the top five, the Vikings over the Rams, the Lions over the Bears. The contest line was two and a half, even though uh, as game day approached, that line ended up being three and resulted in a push for many of the uh, investors in that game. The lone loser, the Saints against the Redskins, and uh, the Saints were uh, somewhat fortunate to be able to sneak in under the teaser number in that game with that three-point win in overtime. The contest line had the Saints laying seven and a half, and of course they staged that remarkable fourth-quarter rally against Washington. So the consensus four and one last week for the season. However, twenty-two thirty-three—that's forty percent against the spread for the top five selections through the first eleven weeks of the contest. Breaking it down, when the consensus play was on the favorite team in the game. 39-50 and 1 when the consensus play is on the underdog 27-35 and 2 and of course that all contributes to the poor overall record that I'll get to in a moment last week the favorite favorite teams went 7 and 4 there was only one underdog that was picked last week and that was the Thursday night game the Tennessee Titans losing and not covering against the Pittsburgh Steelers so underdogs 0 and 1 last week there were two Pick'em games last week. The Pick'em games and the consensus preferred the Bucks over the Dolphins by a slim margin, but still favored the Bucks. That was a winner. Also, the Texans, a Pick'em against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that was about a 2-to-1 ratio on, on the Texans, a little over 400 to about 200 on the Cardinals. That was a winner. So the Pick'em games, 3-1 and one this year. Uh, when the uh, consensus uh, w uh, was on the correct side of those pick'em games. For the year, 69 winners, 86 losses, four games ended up in a push. There was one game that had an even split on both sides of the contest, so that's excluded from these totals. 44.5% of the uh, results for the consensus on every game on the betting board this year. Now, as far as the standings go in the regular contest, we're starting to see a thinning out of the field at the top. The leader, 38 and 17, that's 38 points. You get one point for a win, one a half point for a push. That's 69.1%. Now, 55 contestants are at 34 points or more, which is a shade under 62%. That 55 number is important because they pay the top 50 places and ties. 17 contestants are at 34 points exactly, tied for spots 39 through 55. Overall, 121 contestants are at 33 or more points, which is exactly 60%. That works out to 4.4% of the entire field of over 2,750 contestants. So less than 5% able to hit 60% uh, at the 11-week uh, mark of the season. As far as the uh, Super Contest Gold, the $5,000 entry fee winner-take-all contest, only two contestants are at 60% or better. The leader is at 65.5%. 36 and 19, that's 36 points, a two and a half point lead over the lone other contestant at or above 60%. That contestant at 33 and a half points, so a half point better than 60%. So only two out of the 94 contestants who ponied up the $5,000 are at 60%. And the leader in that super contest gold has basically been the leader since week one. The leader in the regular contest has changed a few times over recent weeks. And even there, there are only, uh, let's see, it's uh, nine contestants between 36 and 38 and a half points, that same uh, two and a half point differential that we see separating the top two contestants in the Super Contest Gold. A thorough overview on what's going on at the Westgate Superbook Contest from Andy Isco at The Logical Approach. 
Com in Las Vegas. And Andy, two comments on uh, your observations that you just shared with us. Number one, uh, it seemed that last week's consensus in the in the uh, Superbook contest, which went four and one, a lot of chalk in that consensus, and that's one because the chalk fared well, the consensus fared well, an overwhelming amount of plays on Philadelphia and New England, and there weren't any line overwhelming line values per se. So my question to you is. Are we finding here coming to the stretch run of this contest here that the chalk, because it's winning, will continue to be an overwhelming consensus play? It appears to be that way, Mark, and I'll just take exception to one thing you mentioned. There was line value in the Eagles game because it was three and a half in the contest. It had already reached five to five and a half at the deadline on Saturday morning when the contestants were uh, the deadline for the contestants to submit the selection. So there was a little bit of line value created prior to the submission deadline. Additional line value created uh, at uh, kickoff time. So there was an, there was correct anticipation by those who played the Eagles. The other game you mentioned, the number two selection, there was no line value with the Patriots. They were laying six and a half. That was pretty much the line all the way up. It started to show some sevens on Saturday and Sunday. So to your point, uh, I think a lot of the preference for the uh, favorites this week, this past week, had to do with the fact that pay favorites over the past month had performed extremely well. And the underdogs in the contest, which at one point, uh, a little bit before the midpoint of the season, were nine games over 500. When the uh, underdog was the consensus, now those for the season are 11 games under 500. So in about six or seven weeks, we've seen a 20-game reversal in underdogs, and that has started to scare a lot of the consistents off of underdogs. And just to your point, favored teams last week that were the consensus choice, 7-4 and four against the spread. Mentioned earlier, there were two pick'em games. The contestants were on the correct side of both of those, and the lone underdog Tennessee was a contest loser. So, yes, there are a lot more uh, favorites being played. I think part of it is in line value, which has always been the case in the contest, certainly going back the last five, six years, but also certainly a lot of it appears to be a reaction to the very strong performance of favorites over the last five, six weeks. One other question, Andy, here. I'm going to step out on a limb and say that the gold contestants, the amount of contestants next year in the gold contest, I'm going to predict will double from this year to next year. And the reason I'm saying that is number for two reasons. Number one, publicity. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of money involved in the gold contest here, and you only have to beat less than 100 contestants to win the contest this year. Number two, only two contestants in the gold have win records of 60% or better. That's absolutely mind-boggling to me, which leads to the presumption that if a person were to get in the gold contest and know that, hey, 62 63% could win this thing, we could end up seeing a f- quite a few more entries next year. Do you believe that we'll see maybe perhaps as much as a double amount of entries in the gold contest next year? I agree with both of your points, and I think that although I do agree with the latter point much more so than the former point, I think that there are always going to be people who want to uh, get in the contest because it's a winner-take-all and it'll be a hefty prize pool. But I think the most significant finding is that if things continue at their current pace and the winner of this winner-takes-all contest ends up being four, five, six percentage points behind the winner in the regular Super Contest and that winning percentage is slightly above or maybe even just around 60%, it will attract a lot of handicappers and betters who think that they can hit 60% hitting uh, five games a week. Again, we'll go back to the regular contest, 2,700 entries, less than 5% are capable of doing that, but those 5% would be extremely well and in contention in the Super Contest Gold. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, going over the Westgate Superbook Contest as we enter into Thanksgiving weekend. And Andy, as we always do, any major line adjustments that we should be aware of from last week to this week as far as the sendouts are concerned? I have a page here that's uh, hit it, uh, loaded with asterisks as far as games that I've seen somewhat interesting or unusual moves, beginning with the first game, Minnesota at Detroit on Thanksgiving last week. Detroit was a one-and-a-half-point home favorite uh, last uh, – well, the Lions come out on a Tuesday. So last Tuesday, before the playing of Week 11 games, the Lions were one-and-a-half-point home favorites. Uh, Minnesota had the impressive win, especially that fourth-quarter performance against the Rams. Detroit struggled but won at Chicago, coming from behind for, for most of the uh, contest. When the game was put up on Sunday evening after those two games took place, the game opened pick, and the money steadily has come in such that uh, – um, 
little bit more than 24 hours prior to kickoff on Thanksgiving Day, the Minnesota Vikings have been bet up to a three-point favorite. So the Westgate made the initial adjustment, and the betters have taken care of the rest. Uh, the Chargers at the Dallas Cowboys before week 11. That saw the Chargers uh, route Buffalo and the Cowboys get routed for a second week in a row, this time by Philadelphia. The Cowboys were projected and available as four-point home favorites. Now, after the Chargers game, but prior to the Sunday night game, there was a slight adjustment, Dallas downward, to three-and-a-half-point home favorites, a half-point adjustment. The game came off while the Sunday night game was being played, and of course this was the second game without Elliott, the second uh, second game without uh, uh, protection for Prescott along the offensive line. We saw that miserable performance, so it was a validation of what we saw a week earlier with Prescott now being sacked eight uh, 12 times in two games. When that came, game came back up Monday morning, the Cowboys were still favored, but by only a point, and it took a mere hours for the money to come in on the Los Angeles Chargers, such that the Chargers were then and remain one-point road favorites in that contest. A couple of games involving large point spreads that showed uh, some adjustment. I'll go right to that Philadelphia-Dallas uh, game. Philadelphia was an 11-point favorite last week. After the results of Sunday afternoon with Chicago's lost at home, uh, the line actually came down a little bit when it was open Sunday afternoon. The Eagles were down to 11-point favorites before coming off the board prior to the Dallas-Eagles game. Monday morning when that line came back up, there was a two-and-a-half-point adjustment. The Eagles opened and uh, remained 13-and-a-half-point favorites. The New England Patriots, another double-digit favorite this week. They were 14-and-a-half-point favorites last week against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, after the results of Sunday where the uh, Patriots won big and the Dolphins lost to Tampa Bay, the line was uh, reposted with the with the Patriots 15.5-point favorites. It reached as high as 16.5, has settled in pretty much at uh, 16. A couple of other games worth noting. This one's surprising because the lack of an adjustment after the Monday night game, and that's Seattle at San Francisco. Last week, Seattle was an eight-and-a-half-point road favorite at San Francisco. Now, the 49ers had a bye. Seattle didn't play on Sunday. Yet when the line came out Sunday afternoon, there was a one-and-a-half-point adjustment. Seattle had opened on Sunday afternoon as a seven-point favorite, was bet down to six-and-a-half, uh, the game came off for Monday night while that game was being played. Went right back up Tuesday morning without any adjustment. Seattle remained a six-and-a-half-point favorite and is so as we are speaking right now. The Los Angeles Rams-New Orleans Saints game is an interesting one as well. The Rams were one-and-a-half-point home favorites last week against the Saints. The Saints had that tremendous comeback against Washington to get the win. The Rams were in a tight game for much of the contest against Minnesota. Minnesota ended up winning that game 24-7. to when the line came out, despite the fact that the Rams lost and the Saints came back to win, the Rams actually pushed up a half a point, opened as a two-point home favorite. They've since been up, bit up to a two-and-a-half-point home favorite in that contest. And maybe one more worth noting, Jacksonville at Arizona. For a second straight week, Jacksonville struggled but got a win uh, against uh, uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns last week with a very fortuitous cover by the Jags in that game. Arizona, uh, they went to uh, Houston. They led for a good part of that game, ended up losing. Last week, Jacksonville was a three-and-a-half-point road favorite in this, their second straight road game. Uh, after Sunday's results, the Jags, however, were put up as a four-point road favorite, bet up to four-and-a-half. Those are some of the more interesting and noteworthy adjustments and early betting actions from those adjustments for week 12 in the NFL. A lot of line movement in the National Football League as we enter into Thanksgiving weekend with three big Thanksgiving Day games on Thursday and a full slate of games this weekend as we're out of the bye week portion of the NFL football season. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, before I let you go, Victor, I know you asked a question of Andy. Is there any other question you want to ask of Andy while we have him on the show at this time? No, I just wanted to get Andy's quick comment on that game that we spent a lot of time on last week, the, the Kansas City-New York Giants game, which basically eliminated me from my survivor pool and the fact <laughs> that the points never even came into play, boys. Well, unbelievable. For that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was Andy. a um, – no, I was going to say that was one of the more surprising results of the week, the fact that uh, – not just that the Giants won, although clearly that was a huge surprise, but the fact that, uh, and of course, somewhat understandable with those win conditions, that the teams could manage only 21 total points. What's interesting is that the Giants actually scored a 
touchdown early. Those six points were not two field goals. It was a touchdown and a missed extra point. That came in very critical at the end of the game because if the Giants had made that extra point and if things had flowed the way that they had and they were up by four points with Kansas City driving in the final moments of regulation, they would have needed a touchdown. And although it wouldn't have affected the point spread, wouldn't have affected most teasers, it would have kept Victor alive in the uh, survivor <laughs> pool. <laughs> the New York Giants survivor pool killers this 2017 football season here. Taking out Kansas City and also earlier this year when they knocked off the Denver Broncos as almost 14-point dogs as well. So they've done their deal at the New York Giants as far as survivor pools are concerned this football season. Andy, before I let you go and get that turkey in the oven, get ready for Thanksgiving Thursday. I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play this week. Well, I have resisted, Mark, through the first 11 weeks of the season of making much of a case for the Cleveland Browns, which puts me uh, against a lot of the Sharps who continue to play Cleveland, not so much as plays on Cleveland, but the thought being that because of the numbers, there is value in going against their opponents, and so Cleveland becomes a de facto underdog choice most weeks in the Super Contest. We may be starting to see that change a little bit, and at the betting boards as well, and of course last week, Cleveland found yet another unique way not to cover the point spread. The uh, the winless Browns are now 2-8 and eight against the uh, point spread. They're facing Cincinnati, a team that beat them back in week 4, 31-7. That was Cincinnati's best performance to date. I do give Cincinnati some credit. I had them last week at Denver and they came through with a uh, low-scoring effort that I expected in that contest. And as far as uh, Cincinnati goes, that win in uh, week 4 they were 0-3 at the time. They had shown very little offense, a couple of poor performances uh, in their uh, first two home games, and then they blew that lead at Green Bay. However, there are some things that Cleveland continues to do well, and that's run the football, something that Cincinnati has not been able to do. In fact, Cincinnati uh, allowing 142 rushing yards defensively over their last five games. None of those foes have rushed for under 112. Meanwhile, the uh, Cleveland Browns have been able to run the ball very steadily th since the middle point of the season. Uh, the big point spread in a game in which there is a very low total in the contest of 38 suggests to me that with the Cleveland Browns continuing to play hard and continuing to want to get out of that winless column, there is value this week in taking more than a touchdown against a, a traditional rival. Cincinnati getting a little bit of momentum, but at four and six, although they realistically uh, don't expect to make the playoffs, four and six actually has them only one game behind the wild card in the AFC. I think Cleveland comes through with a very good effort in a low-scoring game. I'm not going to go out on a limb and predict that Cleveland ends its winless streak, but I'm looking for this game to perhaps come down to a late field goal as both offenses have been struggling for the majority of the season. So getting plus eight, plus eight and a half is attractive. This may be my one and perhaps only time back in the Cleveland Browns, but this is the spot that I've been looking for. Well, Andy, the Cleveland Browns, well, they burned a lot of people this football season here uh, numerous times, I should say. But, uh, you know, you haven't been tarnished at all because you haven't made a play on or against them, or I should say on them this football season here. So it's time to jump in the waters with the Cleveland Browns this week. And uh, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck. Uh, I was part of that Deshaun Kaiser mess last week and the Sean Kaiser mm -hmm. messes a, a few other times this football season here but uh, I understand completely where you're coming from especially this Browns rush defense and the fact that uh, they do stop the rush real well do the Cleveland Browns and run the ball as well so Andy Isco on the Cleveland Browns for his complimentary play on the football card this week Andy once again I'm going to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving weekend wish you the very best of luck this week and we'll look forward to visiting with you once again next week here on Mark Lawrence against the spread Mark, Victor, the same to you and your families. The very happy, healthy Thanksgiving Day weekend, an enjoyable weekend as well. And, of course, that goes for all of our listeners as well. I look forward to speaking with you both next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new Coffee Club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow Coffee Club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the Coffee Club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as an apple and g as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on this Thanksgiving weekend football card in college football. We call our awesome angle the way we were. It's not a Barbara Streisand song. It's our awesome angle of the week. And the way it works is this. We're going to play on any college football losing dog in their final game of the season. If they were a bowl team last year who won eight or more games, provided they're coming off a straight-up favorite loss in their previous game. So what we have here is a team that was a bowl team last year, a losing team this year. They're an underdog in their final game of the season, and they're coming off a straight-up upset under favorite loss last week. These plays have gone 14-3 and against the spread since 1980. That's a solid 82% winning angle. We'll play on New Mexico, the Lobos, for our The Way They Were awesome angle play on the football card this weekend. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, if you would, let our listeners know about the all-new NBA Totals Today, which is available on the Playbook.com website every day, and what you've got going on at King Creole Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. We're going to have an NFL over-under selection for Turkey Day. That'll be up at the Playbook.com website sometime on Wednesday night. There will be a Friday college football over-under selection. Action on Saturday, action on Sunday. We're hoping that we have the same success that we did last year when the four-day period of Thursday through Sunday, Thanksgiving weekend, we ended up going 7-1 and one overall. So uh, let's hope we have similar success this particular four-day period. For our free play this week, we're going to give the ball to Speedy and let him run with it again. He was fortunate to cash a winner in the Sunday night game last week with the Cowboys-Eagles going under the total. And Speedy's going to stay on the Sunday night game and go under the total with the Packers-Steelers on Sunday night on NBC TV. Of course, you know, you got to feel a little sorry these days for the train wreck Packers at 1.4 and 1, averaging 27.4 points per game. But of course, since Aaron Rodgers went down, Green Bay is averaging only 13.4 points per game. And it basically all bottomed out last week at home as they got shut out by the Baltimore Ravens. It'll be tough to see how they get uh, any points this week against uh, a very, very good number four overall defense in the Steelers and the number two scoring defense. Pittsburgh is allowing only 16.5 points per game on the season. Now, Pittsburgh does come in off that Thursday home win against the Titans, 40-17. to Of course, statistically, they probably shouldn't have scored 40 points, but that's keeping the line in this week's game on the high side of uh, 42.5 to 43. And NFL home favorites who scored 35 or more on a Thursday have gone a perfect 0-5-1 over under in their next game in the last five years. Pittsburgh has allowed 17 or less points in each of their last five wins. NFL teams have gone 2-11-1 over under at home off three or more wins in which they allowed 17 or less points versus any non-conference opponent. 
And let's not forget Pittsburgh is one of these larger favorites this week. There's a handful of double-digit favorites. According to our database, NFL big home favorites of 13 or more points have gone a perfect 0-9 over-under when the over-under line is less than 48 points. Of course, on the opposite side, I ran a query for Green Bay's shutout loss. 0-5 over-under since 2010. NFL home teams off a non-division home shutout loss. That applies to the Packers this week. Speedy's going under the total in the Packers-Steelers game on Sunday night. And let's not forget the NBA as well. You know, this is the last free week that we'll be offering the Playbook's newest publication for free on the homepage of the Playbook.com website, the NBA Totals Today. We'll be offering it for the rest of November every day except Thursdays. All you got to do is go to our website. It's posted right there on the front page. Click on it. Instant download if you play NBA over-unders. And again, doing this publication has helped my own handicapping. Our King Creole service has started the year 10-1 and thus far in the NBA. That included a really nice Monday night winner on the Cavaliers-Pistons under the total. We're looking to continue that with a Wednesday night over-under selection. And we'll have one on Friday night as well. So let's not forget the NBA. And don't forget your free download of the Playbook NBA totals today, every day at playbook.com. Victor King from King Creole Sports goes under the total in Sunday night's Packers-Steelers football game for his complimentary play. And once again, I would encourage your listeners to download your copy of the totals tip sheet this week. You can learn about all of the Thanksgiving Day Thursday totals Victor's outlined in the tip sheet. And also he breaks down the weekly rushing review of NFL football teams and what that correlation means to handicapping over-under totals. All available online in the totals tip sheet at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the card this week, I want to remind our listeners about the special offer from our friends at mybookie.ag where you can get a 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you open up your account at mybookie.ag. All you need to do is log on to the website, mybookie.ag, or call them toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-BETS. 2387 to get your 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 at mybookie.ag in time for the Thanksgiving weekend football games this weekend. And speaking about this weekend, my top-rated once-a-year 10-star college football game of the year will kick off this Saturday. It comes on a deep, deep college football card. It's part of our 10-star turkey shoot weekend of winners. That's on the heels of our 5-star college football game of the month winner last Saturday when Texas A&M brought home the bacon against Mississippi. It's our 10-star college football game of the year Saturday. Get it part of the 10-star turkey shoot weekend of winners. All you need to do is log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free now at 1-800-321-7777. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football card this week before we close out the show we're going to go to the Mountain West Conference and look at the running rebels of UNLV, who are playing with uh, against their rival Nevada from Reno this particular weekend. UNLV comes into this football game playing with revenge from having been upset as a 10-point home favorite last year by the Wolfpack. They've won three straight conference games in a row as UNLV for the first time since 1994. Tony Sanchez has this team playing some really good football right now. And in fact, on the road, they're 11-6 and six against the spread with six straight point spread road covers in a row for UNLV. They win this game. They'll be going bowling for the first time since 2013. They own the better offense and the better defense in the football game. You're talking about a Nevada team that has a 485-yard defense that ranks number 121 in the nation. With the visiting team a perfect 4-0 to the spread, the series will look for 5-0 this weekend. We'll play UNLV plus the points for our complimentary play on the football card this week. And once again, I want to list, remind all our listeners out there, enjoy a very happy Thanksgiving weekend with your family and your friends this weekend. Enjoy the holidays, the festivities. It's most important of all to be with family and friends this particular weekend. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And until next week, once again, for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.